morning, everyone. Wasn't that powerful worship to say? Amen. I don't know about you, but I can sense God, the Holy Spirit here. And uh, I just want to say thank you to our, our worship team. You know, that is... You know, it's, it, it's not their job to entertain us or to put on a show up here, but their job is to lead us to the throne of grace and to create that right atmosphere so that we all can worship the Lord. And, uh, and so they do a very good job at that. So, and uh, you know, their hearts are in tune with the Lord, and uh, that's the most important thing. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to greet you this morning. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. How's everybody doing today? Doing great? Good, good. Everybody get your, uh, your little piece of bread here. Can you guess what we're talking about today? All right. You know, we're in the Lord's Prayer, right? And so we're at that portion where it says, give us this day our daily bread. You know, I've been, uh, uh, last, last week I was at camp, men's camp, and we had a great time out there. The Lord just really blessed us. And then this week, uh, I've, uh, De- Major Debbie and I, we've been at a, uh, a conference called Officers' Councils, and it was a spiritual retreat for uh, Salvation Army officers. And uh, we just had a great time of worship and, and sitting under some really good teaching about, about holiness, about entire sanctification. Uh, and so the Lord has just been really blessing me, and I'm so blessed. And then tomorrow, to top it all off, tomorrow Major Dim and I leave. We're flying to the Holy Land for a couple of weeks on a little study tour. And so uh, we've just been really blessed by the Lord, and I just thank the Lord for that. Well, as I said, we're looking at the Lord's Prayer, so uh, let's just pause for a moment and let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you. I thank you because your presence is here. We thank you that we can gather together like this and to worship as a body of believers. I thank you, Lord, because we've invited you to come and you're already here, and we thank you for that. And Father, we come to you this morning. Uh, Some of us come with a lot of stuff on our hearts and our minds, and so, Father, I just come before you now and I ask for, uh, for your forgiveness. If we've fallen short in any way this week, uh, if we've uh, uh, faltered, if we've stumbled, if we've sinned, we know, Lord, we can come to you, we can confess our sins, uh, and then we can have our sins forgiven and we can stand clean before you. And so, Lord, I just thank you for that. And so I just pray that you would be with us now. As we look into your word, I pray, Father, that you would help us to have a a better understanding of who you are and who we are in relationship to you. And so, Father, we thank you for the way that you've taught us how to pray, and you've modeled that for us. And so, Lord, we just want to thank you again. I just want to pray all of these things now in Jesus' name, who taught us to pray this prayer. And I want us to pray this prayer together. You can see it up here on the screen. But let's, let's pray this together as a body of believers this morning. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Now make sure you don't eat the bread yet. After the service is over, you can take it home uh, if you still have it. So, um, 
But how do you pray? How do you pray, give us this day our daily bread in a land where you can walk into any Safeway store or Foodland or Walmart or Costco and you go down the aisle and you can see about 50 different kinds of bread? How can you pray, give us this day our daily bread when you can go and and probably buy enough bread for a whole month and put it in your freezer and it'll last forever? You know, last night at our house, we had a, a, a bit of leftover bread for the week, and so uh, my wife and her father made some bread pudding, and uh, so that's what you do with a lot of leftover <laughs> bread, right? Well, you know, we're, we're studying in uh, the Lord's Prayer, and we've, we've hit the halfway mark in our study, and, and now we come to that part of the Lord's Prayer, it's really pretty much the second half, that talks about us. It talks about us. The latter part of this prayer is all about us. Look up there, I've underlined. You see the first half, but the second half, starting there with verse 11, it's about us. It says, give us, forgive us, lead us, deliver us. Now, if you start off a prayer with this line, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Wouldn't it seem a bit demanding if that's what you started out with and a bit rude? But how many prayers have you heard or maybe how many prayers have you uttered yourself that started out with, Lord, give me this. Or Lord, I need that. You know, the way that Jesus taught us to pray, I believe, is the same way that he approaches God. Jesus not only taught us to pray, but he modeled it. And the way he approached God is, is where he is concerned about what God is concerned about. His priorities are God's priorities. So you can see in this prayer, this model prayer, that it begins, it starts out with God. Hallowed be thy name, your name. Your kingdom come, God. Thy will be done. You see how it all starts with God. And, uh, and so, I believe it's important that we, whenever we pray, we pray first about God, about the things that are most important to him. His name, his kingdom, his will. And only after that are we ready to pray for others and to pray for ourselves. So by the time we talk about our, our, our stomachs, about our hunger, about our needs... By the time we talk about that, give us this day our daily bread, our priorities should have already been set in order. Matthew 6, 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Put him first and foremost. Have your priorities in order. And then all these other things will be added unto you. Then all those other things we worry about, what are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? All of those things. In that passage of scripture, it talks about Uh, The birds of the air, they don't worry about what they're going to eat. The beautiful flowers of the field, they don't worry about what they're going to wear. God takes care of them. And so seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these other things shall be added unto you. So give give us this day our daily bread. When we pray this prayer, we're actually acknowledging that even our daily bread, even our our daily needs, 
Our simple daily needs, like something to eat, clothes to wear, it all comes from God. Our daily bread, it's his provision. It's his gift. It's his blessing to us. He's our master provider. He is our Jehovah Jireh. And when Jesus used the word bread, he's referring to everything, anything and everything that we need for our earthly existence. Think about that. We often talk about God, about how he, uh, how he provides mercy and grace and forgiveness and salvation. But God also cares about even our smallest, tiniest, most minute daily needs. You see, the one, the one who clothes you with righteousness, spiritually speaking, <clears throat> also clothes you with pants and shoes, right? The one who provides food for your soul, which is his word, will give food and nourishment for your body too. You see, your salvation and your morning breakfast, wait, those two don't go together. But your salvation and your morning breakfast all comes from the same hand, right? It all comes from God. In fact, Max Lucado, who's a pastor and a writer, describes it this way. He says, God has a great kitchen. A great kitchen. See that kitchen? I wish our kitchen looked like that. God has a great kitchen. He's got a big kitchen. And every one of us needs a kitchen. Why? Because that's where our basic needs are met. You see, a garage may be optional. A dining room may be negotiable. A study room is definitely a bonus. But a kitchen, but a kitchen, it's absolutely essential. It's absolutely necessary. So our God is not a God who cares only about spiritual stuff, but Jesus also cares about the daily practical stuff as well. That's why we ask, give us this day our daily bread. Give us what we need today in very practical terms. And Jesus demonstrated that in his ministry. He cares for those without food, who are sick, who are lame, the widows, the orphans. You know, the Salvation Army, we have a saying. It's very simple, three simple words. Soup, soap, and salvation. That's what we offer. Soup, soap, and salvation. We just don't offer salvation William Booth, the founder, who was a a preacher and a pastor, wanted to tell people about the love of God. But how can you tell a man that God loves him when his stomach is hungry, when he's cold? Shouldn't we feed him first and give him something to keep him warm? And then, and maybe then, he would be open to hearing that uh, there's a God out there that loves him. Soup, soap, and, so, and salvation. So we need to be conscious of how, how utterly dependent we are on our Father to provide for our daily physical, emotional, and spiritual needs. Sometimes you kind of take that for granted. But the Lord provides those things for us. But does God really provide all of this? All of this? The tiniest little detail? I believe he does. Let's look at the people of Israel. Back in the Old Testament, 
Speaking of Israel, I mentioned before, Major Deb and I will be flying to Israel, traveling there for a couple of weeks. And I don't know if any of you got my email, but over in Jerusalem, there's what they call the Western Wall. This is the Temple Mount. And that wall there is part of the wall that is still standing uh, that was built several thousands of years ago. So it's possible that Jesus could have walked by that wall. But lots of people go there to pray. Lots of Christian pilgrims, lots of Jewish people, they go and pray. And what they do, they write little prayers on these sheets of paper, they roll them up in a little scroll, and then they place these prayers in the cracks of the wall, in the little holes there. And there's millions of these, these prayers that are there. And so, if you would like us to take your prayer over there, uh, over on the info table, there's little sheets of paper and there's a basket. And if you want to write a little prayer, put it in that basket. We'll take it over to, to uh, Israel, to Jerusalem with us. And we, when we go and visit the Temple Mount site, we will put your prayers in that wall and we'll say a little prayer for you. It's a very holy site for both the Jewish people and the Christian people, as well as the Muslims. So uh, you can see that is called the Temple Mount. But if you'd like to do that, there's little pieces of paper out there on the info table. But speaking of the, the children of Israel, you remember the story when the children of Israel were freed from bondage, from Egypt, Moses and Pharaoh, and how they escaped, and, and the Lord parted the Red Sea, and they went through the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness. Well, after they were miraculously saved from going through the Red Sea, and they were out there in the desert, they faced a dilemma. How would hundreds of thousands of people, and that's how many people there were, hundreds of thousands of people, how would, how would they be able to sustain themselves long enough to cross that huge desert? You ever thought about that? Humanly, it probably wasn't possible. It was a desert. There was no food. There's no water. There's thousands of people, old elderly people, children. So what happened? Did they have to return back to slavery in Egypt? No. If you know the story, it's found in Exodus chapter 16, verse 4. Here they were, the children of Israel, and they had a need. And what does it say there, Exodus 16, 4? Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. It's manna. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. Just for that day. In this way I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. So every day in the morning they woke up and the ground was covered with manna. They went out and picked it up. They ate it that day. The next day they woke up, there was some more manna on the ground. They did it on a daily basis. And it was calculated that the ground covered each morning by this manna was, was equal to about 266 football fields, if you can kind of picture that in your mind. But you see, the, the children of Israel, they wandered in the, the, the desert for 40 years. For 40 years. There's n- nearly 2 million people. But God, the moral of the story is God provided for them, for their basic needs. He provided food when they needed water, Moses struck the rock and water came out. And go on. Let me go on further. Exodus 16, 35. <clears throat> it says the Israelites ate manna for 40 years until they came to a land that was settled. They ate manna until they reached the border of Canaan. You see, God will provide 
God will provide until you don't need it anymore. And what else does God do? Here in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 4, talking about the same situation, the children of Israel in the desert for 40 years. It says, your clothes, your clothes did not wear out, and your feet did not swell during these 40 years. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine walking around in the desert for 40 years? I walk one day in Disneyland and my feet swell up like crazy. Imagine walking for 40 years, and it says right there in the Bible, their feet didn't swell up. The Lord provided. The Lord provided. And then, continuing on in chapter 29, verse 5, during the 40 years that I led you through the desert, your clothes did not wear out, nor did the sandals on your feet. Wow. God provided in a very practical way. I don't know if they enjoyed wearing the same clothes for 40 years. <laughs> but can you imagine having a pair of sandals that you've used for 40 years and it doesn't wear out? We go through slippers like crazy at our house. But do you see how God took care of his people in both big ways and in, both, and in small ways as well? He parted the Red Sea. That was a huge, huge miracle. But then he also protected them by not having their feet swell while they walked and, and allowing them to wear the same set of sandals and, and have their feet protected and their clothes to wear. God provided for them in big ways as well as in very small ways. And God still delights to this day. He delights in providing for his children's needs. And we are his children. And he delights in providing for us. And so we need to continue depending on God because the tendency for us, particularly when we live in the Western society, our tendency is to become self-sufficient. Our tendency is to become self-reliant. And then the tendency is to become complacent as well. But we need to continue talking to God about, about the necessities of life and keep asking him to give us this day our daily bread. Just keep thanking him each and every day, even for the mundane things. When we pray sometimes in the morning, we just pray, thank you, Lord, for the good night's sleep. Thank you for the bed. Thank you for giving us another day. So give us this day our daily bread. Let me share with you a few ways uh, that this prayer can actually change us. There's an old saying that says, prayer changes things. Do you believe that? Prayer changes things. I believe prayer changes things. I also believe prayer changes me so that I can change things as well. But this prayer, give us this day our daily bread, um, uh, can help transform us, can help bring change in our lives. And the first type of change, I believe, is, is a change from fear to confidence. From fear to confidence. Let me ask you a question. Do you feel confident? Do you feel confident right now in approaching God with your daily needs? Do you think he really cares about what you are going through and what you're struggling with? Some of you say yes. Some of you are not quite sure. Matthew 7, 9 through 11 says, Which of you, this is Jesus speaking on the Sermon on the Mount, which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he will give him a snake? Huh. 
If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? We have a God who loves us. Those of you who have children, you know. You love your children. You want to give them the things that they need, the good things in life. And if they ask for a piece of bread, you're not going to give them a rock. That's really cruel. But think about God. How much more God loves us as his children that he will give us good gifts. Reminds me of my daughter, Gabby. I'm going to embarrass her, but she likes being embarrassed. Sometimes she asks me to make breakfast for her. Dad, could I have an omelet today? And I love to make omelets, so I gladly make it. I do. I can't wait for her to ask me. Sometimes she says, I don't want anything today. I said, are you sure? I want to make something for you. She asked her mom for a massage the other night, and her mom gave her a massage, you know. And, and her favorite restaurant is, is Chick-fil-A. Of course, we don't have Chick-fil-A here in Hawaii. So every time we go to California, the last time we went, I think we went to Chick-fil-A about four or five times. Because that's her favorite restaurant. And it's her dad I love her, and I just want to give her things. Not to spoil her. I don't want her to be arrogant. But I want her to be confident in asking her father for things that she needs. And that's how we need to be with God. We need to love God and trust God and not be afraid to approach him. Hebrews says we need to approach the throne of grace with confidence and with boldness. Not with arrogance, but confidence, knowing that you know who you're asking. You know that you're asking with right motives. And you're knowing that the person you're asking owns the cattle on a thousand hill and he can do anything. But we need to have that confidence. You see, many of us have have pressing personal needs and, and serious problems, but we may, we, may not bringing these, we may not be bringing these to God in prayer daily. Why? Well, way down deep, do we believe God has the power to do anything about our problems or, or our personal needs? Or do we find ourselves saying, my goodness, the world is huge, and there's millions of other Christians that are praying, and surely their needs are greater than mine. But the fact is that God is able. He's more than able, and he's interested in your needs, and he's interested in mine. He's interested in the needs of his church here and everywhere, just as I'm interested in Gabby's welfare. We must remember that creating planets and and raising the dead is not a problem for God. See, God is omnipotent. He's all-powerful. And God hasn't changed. He's not growing old, and his power is not waning. He is the everlasting Lord. Can you say amen to that? And he is able to control nature, to change people, to change circumstances. And he's able to give us our daily bread, what we need. And he is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. That's what it says in Ephesians 3. And you and I know in our heads that the theological truth that that God is omnipotent. But until we realize it and experience it and own it in our heart, we'll be faint-hearted in our prayer life. You see, a prayer warrior is is one who is confident, convinced that God is all-powerful and he's able to meet any need. And that's what we need to be. 
We need to be confident in our prayer life. Philippians 4, 19 says, And my God will supply all your needs according to the riches of glory in Christ Jesus. Do you believe that? The Lord will supply all your needs? All right, I'm going to teach you a song. You can stand up. And it's a very simple song, but there's one part where it's the guys against the gals, okay? So it's going to be a competition. It's called Philippians 4.19 says. I'll try to sing it. Philippians 4.19 says, Philippians 4.19 says, Philippians 4.19 says, The Lord shall supply my needs. And then... The guys go rat-a-tat-tat. Can a guy say that? Come on, louder than that. And the ladies' response, supply my needs. And the guys say rat-a-tat-tat again. One more time. Philippians 4.19. Okay, we're going to try that. We're going to get faster and faster. And remember, it's a competition. It's a competition, Okay. Philippians 4, 19 says, Philippians 4, 19 says, Philippians 4, 19 says, The Lord shall supply my needs. Guys. Come on, louder. Philippians 4, 19. Faster. Philippians 4, 19 says. Philippians 4, 19 says. Philippians 4, 19 says. The Lord shall supply my needs. Let's go. Supply my needs. Philippians 4, 19. Now we're going to switch it, okay? The ladies go rat-a-tat-tat. The, girls go, uh, the guys go supply my needs, okay? Come on, you've got to be louder than that. You've got to believe that the Lord's going to supply your needs, okay? Have confidence. Here we go. Ladies are rat-a-tat-tat. Guys are supplying my needs. Philippians 4, 19 says. Philippians 4, 19 says. Philippians 4, 19 says. The Lord shall supply my needs. Philippians 4, 19. All right, give yourselves a hand. See, you learned a memory verse today. <laughs> Philippians 4.19, the Lord shall supply all of my needs. We can change from being afraid to being confident when we approach the Lord in prayer. Why? Because he is more than able, and he will supply all of our needs. Another way that we can change from fear to confidence, is from, from grumbling to gratitude. How many of you like to grumble? Okay, a few honest people. Okay, I want everybody now to grumble. Just go, rah, 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 rah. Do it again. Oh, you guys are really good. You must do it a lot. The Israelites had many great experiences of God's provision in the desert. He took care of them. So well. Yet they were grumbling against God at the smallest inconvenience. And it's so easy for us, just like the Israelites, to forget all the times that God has taken care of us, isn't it? We like to grumble. 
You know, can you imagine them saying, I can imagine them saying, I'd probably say the same thing. After four years in the desert, what, manna again? What do you have it for the last four years? Come on, God, can you put a little variety in here? But you know, we like to rumble. It's too hot in here. It's too cold in here. The waitress is so slow. The Wi-Fi isn't working again today. The word give. The word give in give us this day our daily bread teaches us that everything we have comes from God. Everything we have comes from God. James said this in James chapter 1. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. And this reminds me that instead of grumbling, we should take time to give thanks for his blessings, because he has indeed blessed us. So what happens? What happens if we stop giving thanks? Well, we start taking those blessings for granted. We begin believing that our own smarts, our own wherewithal, our own abilities have really made these blessings possible, that we can supply these things apart from God versus God can supply all our needs. So give us this day our daily bread. Reminds us that we need to be grateful. Reminding ourselves that everything we have comes from God's hands. And that it's, only, that it's only His grace and His goodness that can keep it flowing unhindered to us. And so the last thing, the last change um, I leave with you today is that as we pray this prayer, give us this day our daily bread, we can change from selfishness to selflessness. From selfishness to selflessness. Notice, notice that Jesus does not tell us to pray like this. He does not say, Father, give me my daily bread. But rather, he says, Lord, give us our daily bread. Give us our daily bread. You see, that's a completely different prayer. See, every time you pray this prayer, you're not, you're not only invited and encouraged, but you are commanded to pray with and to pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ. You see, Christianity is meant to be lived out in community with other believers, not in isolation by yourselves. You see, if, if we only pray for our own needs with no thought to the needs of others, we are most definitely not praying like Jesus. What's the character of God? You know, in the words of Jesus in, in Matthew chapter 25, verses 35 and 36, this is the character of God. For the hungry, you gave them something to eat. Thirsty, you gave them something to drink. A stranger, and you invited him in. He needed clothes, and you clothed him. He's sick, and you looked after him. He was in prison, and you came to visit. That is the very character of God. God is always reaching out to the hurting. He's always reaching out to the desperate. He's always reaching out to the marginalized. That's the type of God he is. And so do you know of anyone 
in this church who has a need for some bread. Someone who has a physical or, or an emotional or relational or, or a spiritual need. We're all part of the body of Christ. Maybe you can offer this piece of bread to them. Symbolically, give us this day our daily bread. We need to look out for one another. We serve the Lord in community. And so do you pray for those needs? You pray for those needs of those other people as often as you pray for your own? Again, if our first response in prayer is to pray for us and only us, we've missed the whole point of prayer according to Jesus. So we can move from selfishness to selflessness. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up to the stage as we draw our time to a close. And you've heard the word today. Give us this day our daily bread. God knows. God knows us so well. He knows what our needs are. And most importantly, he's able to meet those needs. He's aware of it. And he's able, it's more than able. You know, and he provides for us. Just like he provided for the children of Israel. He provides for his children today, for you and me. Practical needs, big needs, small needs, concerns, worries, all of those things. God knows. And as we come to him each and every day, to ask is a humbling experience sometimes. But God says, come and ask. I love it. I love it when my daughter comes and asks me to do something for her. Well, sometimes I have to say no. But most of the time I say yes. But it's the asking that just makes me feel so good. She trusts me enough. She loves me enough. She feels confident enough in that relationship to at least ask the question. And so God's saying, children, I love you. Come and talk to me. Ask me. Let's sit down and have a conversation. Let's talk. And God blesses us, you know that. And you know, it's, we've been talking about the bread, but it's, it's really not about the bread. It's really not about the gifts or the blessings that God gives. It's really about the giver, right? It's about him. And Jesus Christ said this about himself. He said, I I am the bread of life and I have come to give you life to give you life more abundantly than you've ever experienced before and so as we think about receiving the bread we also think about receiving Jesus he comes as the song says he's there and we long for him we have a desire for him. We're desperate for him. And that's what he wants us to be. And God will not disappoint. He will satisfy. And so this morning, as the worship team sings, you consider what's been said. The place of prayer is always available. It's always open. If you like to come down and pray, if you want to pray with loved ones or family members,
you feel free to do that. But just remember that God loves you and he will provide for you. He is the bread of life. Heavenly Father, just thank you for being the great provider. That's how you show your love for us. You show your love by sending your son Jesus Christ to die on the cross. And in other ways, just taking care of us on a daily basis. So Father, I pray that we would continue to have that, that daily faith to just ask you, just for today only, Give me faith, Lord. Give me what I need for today. and Help me not to worry about tomorrow. Even though we know, Lord, that you take care of all the tomorrows. But just for today, just for this moment. Lord, I thank you for the way your Holy Spirit is moving in our midst. For the way you constantly remind us that you are a God who just loves us and cares for us. And wants to provide for us. So, Lord, help us to remember that this day. We love you. We praise you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.